gewoon first. Oké, oké, aan me openen. Oh, they wanted to satisfy. Very satisfying. Okay. <laughs> We need to start speaking English now. Oh, sorry. How much? Um, like a thumb. A thumb? You like can say that, right? Or a like thumb. a finger. Or do you no. mean do you mean like if I hold it again? Okay, I thought you meant like the, the volume of a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> hold on! I was gonna record when you did that. Okay, put it in mind. <laughs> Quality. This is a real podcast, guys. Yes. This is this is now we're talking. Okay. School. School. Cheers. Kling. What's the drink of the evening? <laughs> It's uh, Cointreau and Schweppes. Schweppes. Lemon. Schweppes. Yeah. It's pretty good actually. I wish we had some ice. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It would should, be, should and I... then we could do some more ASMR. Do, oh. you, do you have ice? You might have ice. I'm gonna check if I have ice. Please do. I have ice! Oh. Woo. <laughs> Hell yeah! That was good. Yes. Okay, here we go, here we go. Worst start we've ever had. <laughs> It kind of is. <laughs> Did you know that Coop, Coop, no. Coop, mm-hmm. um, it's not it's a grocery store in Sweden. It's not just in Sweden. Really? Coop is also a shop all over um, Europe and it's it's pronounced co op. What? In the UK, it's co op. Co op? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense actually. Yeah, because like, what the fuck is coop? <laughs> I don't know. But it would also be weird if we if we called it. Should we start co-op. doing that? We're like, oh, we're gonna go to co-op. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely Everyone not. Everyone else gonna be like, what the hell? Did you know there is a grocery store in Denmark that's called Irma? <laughs> so walking around Copenhagen, I always saw my name everywhere. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Did you know there's a Did woman? Did you know? They're like annoying children. In the well, beginning. did you know? Did you know Daphne that there's a woman named Irma who's buried at my family um graveyard? No, I didn't. So when I die, I'm gonna be close to someone named you. Oh my god! Named after you. Not named did you. you know that one time I borrowed a book from the library, and when I opened it, there was a news clipping in it with like a death. Do you know? Um, a death certificate? No, a, no death, a, death, a death statement. Death. Yeah, when, when yeah. someone dies, you put it in the newspaper, like a little, a little um, ad. <laughs> yes. Well, you say this person has passed on and will be missed by their children. Blah blah blah. And it was for someone called Irma. That is so fucking scary. It's pretty creepy. Did it just say Irma? Or did it say no? Surname? There was a surname okay. which was different than mine. That would have been crazy if it just said Irma. That would be so weird. <laughs> yes, and the date was like in the future. <laughs> That's like a Doctor Who episode. Doesn't that sound like a Doctor Who episode? Irma and I have a thing. We have a thing where we kind of like come up with Doctor Who like cliche doctor who episodes like yeah so like this summer when we were at my country house and we were swimming yeah we we talked about like how this would be the opening like cold open of an episode yeah because we were kind of challenging each other to um 
go under the water and then sort of um, emerge aesthetically to look yeah in a hot way yes because Daphne thought that every time she came out of the water she was like making some kind of face (laughs) so we tried to practice this was also because I thought I was gonna get a boyfriend for that summer or no not the summer before okay and so I was kind of like was like I have to, I have to train at looking hot when I go swimming. No. Because I can't look like that when actually, I have a boyfriend. Actually, she's lying. It was just because I was with her that summer. <laughs> that's why she was practicing. I was like, I have to look hot for Eden Man. No, but yeah, we were doing that. And we were like, it would totally be like in a Doctor Who episode if one of us submerged and then just didn't come up. Yeah, because we'd be... So, like, in that cold open, we'd be swimming and, like, dunking under the water for fun. Mm-hmm. And then I wouldn't come up. Yeah, and I would be like, Daphne? Daphne! <laughs> then you see, like, bubbles. This isn't funny, funny. Daphne! Come up! You, need... <laughs> you can't hold your breath forever! Where did you go? Where did you go, Daphne? This is my impression of a Doctor Who character. And then I would like, um, then I would also go under the water, mm-hmm. and it would be um, the camera would follow me, uh-huh. and it would be on my face yeah. as I like turn around and see whatever's under the water, and yeah. I would scream, <laughs> and the air bubbles would come out of my mouth, and then it would cut to the yes. But we, yeah, because you wouldn't be able to see that the creature. It'd no, just no. Be, it'd just be you screaming. Yeah. Ah, and then they merge your scream <laughs> with the song. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. This is the longest. This is the longest in 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes. We've been talking for 10 minutes. Anyway, with that, hello, in- guys. With that incredible intro, hello and welcome to Doing the Woo, a Doctor Who podcast with your hosts, the doers. I'm Daphne. I'm Irma. And today's episode, <laughs> I still don't know our intro is so bad. <laughs> today's episode we're discussing is a two-parter. It's the first Moffat. Yes, the first Moffat episode. It's Ooh. it's uh the empty child and the doctor dances. Yes. Or as we like to call it, the doctor fucks. It's it's really it's very explicit. It is canonically the doctor fucks. Yes, I I love that. It's so great. Um what did you think about these episodes? ASMR. What if we did a Doctor Who podcast together and um, we kissed and we were both girls? Can you imagine like the ASMR sound? <laughs> <laughs> Irma tried to kiss me. That's what happened. <laughs> um, what did you think about the episode? I'll be honest with you. I okay. Did, I did not rewatch them. <laughs> What? <laughs> I I just refuse to because I've se- I feel like I've seen them so many times. Oh, have you? I mean, yeah. I mean, I saw it the first time 
when I started watching in like 2012 and then I saw it again with you recently last year yeah and then I saw it again a couple oh. of months ago with my parents yeah that's right um and I feel like this is this is like the episode to be really paid attention so I feel like I got everything down yeah that's fine then I I will say this it's a very I personally don't think they're the best episodes of the season um but it is especially because it's like it's their book ended by two really good episodes Boomtown and and Father's Day yeah um they're but they're really good so it's a really good streak of episodes it really is from Father's Day until the end it's just really good yeah um absolutely so I think they're good <laughs> okay well that's good um I like them as well, and I actually took notes Ooh. this time. Ooh. How Which, the tables have turned. I know. So, yeah, that was lucky, I guess. Since, um, yeah, you didn't... Okay, but, yeah, this is, like, um, a more official period episode. Mm-hmm. Although it's also, like, not all that much focus on... Um, the period? Yeah, I mean, it is, but it's also, like, when we were talking about Father's Day and, like... Would it be on a top list of historical episodes? Mm-hmm. I feel like this one also wouldn't really. Because no. uh, the sort of. The monster that's in there. Not a monster, obviously, but the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of overshadows it, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing that sticks out. I will say, it's, I think it's very clever with, with the gas mask. It is. It is yeah. very creepy. It kind of gives like a plague doctor mask vibe. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine the doctor in a plague <gasps> mask. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say, imagine like a plague episode. But yes, yeah, the yes. doctor in a plague doctor mask yes. in a plague episode. That Hello. would be great. Brilliant idea. There you go, Russell T. Davis. You're welcome. <laughs> Russell T. Davies. Davies. Um, no, I think it's it's more like a setting, really. It's It's not like... Because other historical episodes, they usually, like, they run into a historical figure and they yeah. meet that person and mm-hmm. you get to know. Whereas, I mean, obviously, it's just a, it's a setting and obviously that impacts the story, like, with Nancy. And that's more in, in the second, the, uh, the last part or the second part of the story with, mm-hmm. um, we talks about, like, the... Um, because she thinks that the world is ending and Rose says it's not you know I'll, I'll tell you it's, it's it's not the end and I think Nine says something along the lines of um, like a mouse standing in front of a lion not here not this island yeah um, so it kind of has that kind of lovely little imagery and and messaging in it um, which is nice um, but it's not like it's not like the period is that important it's just the setting and the vibe of it yeah yeah i think it's pretty well done mm-hmm. it feels like it, it utilizes the setting and the time period very yeah. well without making it like gimmicky um the first thing i have written down is mauve question mark do you remember this that in the very beginning they um rose and the doctor are um, they're following this um, this thing that's like falling through space, you know the oh yeah the pod yeah or whatever. Um, 
And the doctor is like, oh, this is a mauve alert. And Rose is like, what happened to red alert? Oh, and yeah. And the doctor says that only humans use that. The official interna- intergalactic color is mauve, which I don't think is ever brought up again. That's a funny thing. That's very funny. I like that. It's a kind of funny detail. I wish that it like came back sometime. I thought that would be kind of nice. I like that. I like that idea that like... There's a like there's a whole world out there, a whole galaxy or multiple galaxies where mm-hmm. all these different worlds and all these different peop kind of kinds of people have connections with each other and have their own kind of system. Just like us, like on here on planet Earth with different planet not planets, mm-hmm. um countries. It's just that we on Earth are so isolated yeah. and so behind that we don't know yeah. That's a thing. Right. So they have like their own, like with the, oh, my favorite place. My favorite thing in the whole Doctor Who canon. This like weird, you know, the place, it's like the shadow proclamation. Like yeah. I love that. <laughs> what is that? I just love the idea of like this intergalactical system. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. So this is written by Stephen Moffat. Yes. Do you think it's very noticeable that he wrote it? In some ways, yes. But it's it's still I think I mean, I was going to say uh, it's still Russell's era and Russell's, but at the same time Russell has said that with every other writer for every other writer he always had notes, but with um Moffat he was always very like just do whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. He was like, this is brilliant. Just go yeah. Um I think, so I, I think it's also, people can be blinded by the, them, by the idea that this is Russell's era, that it's, it's, it kind of, we, like we, we talked about earlier, how for you, these, those two eras look so different. Mm-hmm. So visually you think it's kind of, it's kind of, easier to kind of picture it as like a Russell it's very Russell-y yeah right but when you think about it it's actually very it's very Moffat like he's always written like that yeah I mean he's very good with like creating making average normal things seem really scary yeah so for this one it's oh he's so good at scary stuff man like the the gas masks are scary Mm -hmm. it's the the Oh, the type, you know, when they're in the, in the tent and the typewriter yeah. is typing and everyone's, and suddenly like, I'm not, who's writing? And, the, yeah, and with the, and the band, the tape that's finished yeah. playing. I had, oh. I had forgotten that there were two scenes like that and they come almost right after one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's the tape that's going and then it stops, but the voice keeps going. Oh, that's so scary. And then the, so scary. there's the scene where like <laughs> Jim or whatever his name is is like riding on the typewriter. Yeah. And then she's like, but he's sitting right next to you. So who's typing on the oh, classic? Thing? Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like Moffat wrote both of those scenes and probably should have cut one of them out but then couldn't decide which one so he just they're kept both, both so good he just kept both of them but really they're kind of the same yeah. concept you didn't need both of them but i do think they both i think they're the both set, very good the, t- the the tape is scarier 
because they they because yeah. you don't it's so it's so creepy because you don't yourself notice it yeah and until someone i think it's it's nine right points out like what is that sound yeah. in the background like the slapping sound yeah and i think and then someone's like well that's the tape mm-hmm. we we ran out like two minutes ago didn't you notice yeah well who's that voice <gasps> oh my god it's like so no so yeah obviously like the scary stuff it's very typical him mm-hmm. but i think also the emotional stuff like the mouse in front of a lion that, that i mentioned earlier yeah that's very Moffat. It's also very Russell. It's very Doctor Who in general. But mm-hmm. it's it's very... He has a... He has a I've been watching, like I told you earlier this evening, but I've, I'm watching a lot of panels with Moffat. So I have this, like, even more respect for him than I had before. And I really like Moffat. Um, so I tend to give him maybe a little bit more credit than he's due. <laughs> but mm-hmm. he has a lot of heart in the stories. Yeah. Um, and... Usually, I mean, it's the same with Russell, but like a lot of, a lot of heart, a lot of, um, a lot of love, a great message, kind of, um, I think the, the biggest thing that makes it very Moffati is obviously the sexual innuendos. Yeah. I mean, Russell does that too, but it's usually in a different way where this is kind of very explicitly like. The doctor is talking about how he actually has fucked. Like yes. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is very different, I think. And because it's very... It's a lot hornier, I think. Yeah, Jack is such a... It's so... I think we've discussed that before, whether we should you should count Jack Harkness as like a, a, a Russell or a Moffat yeah. character. Yeah, because... I mean, since he first appears in this episode, Mm -hmm. it makes sense to um, consider him a Moffat character, a Mm -hmm. creation of Moffat. But Moffat never brings him back. He's never in any of Mm -hmm. um, seasons 5 to 10, right? And... But however, he's in plenty of other Russell episodes. He, He appears throughout... The Russell era, yeah, and he's pretty central in the finale to the season, yeah. So it feels much more like Russell had a lot more to do with this character, and like, I mean, obviously you have to think about um, how the creation of a TV series, how it happens, you know, um, yeah, the production, pre-production. Yeah in the writer's room and like it's not like the writers are just um writing completely separately and then just i mean they might write separately but before you can even go into starting to write a script you have to discuss what is going to be in the script and what kind of story you want to make yeah and then probably russell was like well i want this character jack um and i want him to be a time agent from the 15th century or you know, yeah. Um, whatever it was, and I want him to be, you know, to join it's... Team Tardis, uh, and then they just kind of decided that what if he appears in this episode, and you know, Stephen, could you write that? Could you write his first episode? So, yeah, I think he's kind of a co-creation 
I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think clearly he's he's Moff- he's not Moffat's creation, but I think he I mean, he is written by Moffat and he's very clearly yes. a Moffat character. He's a very but um because he's such an important figure in the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. It's not um some he's not someone who was created by Moffat and then Russell was like, "Oh, I like him. Let's keep him on." Yeah. Um because I I do know that like Regarding like the production of Doctor Who episodes and the writing process, I know in Moffat's era he, I mean he was just bursting with ideas. So he came up with like pretty much every single idea, and then he had writers come in and he'd say, "Okay, I want to do an episode like with Night Terror." He was like, "Uh, I want to do an episode with like dolls, mm-hmm. and like this kid who's an alien." And then they write something, yeah, and then he's like, mm, "No, that's trash. Do it again." Or like, "I like that idea. Keep that." Like, mm-hmm. um. Where it was more like he w- maybe would have written every single thing, every single episode if he could have, but he didn't because he didn't have the time. Um, so maybe that's something that Russell, maybe the Russell was similar to that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I think definitely he probably went to Moffat and was like, okay, Jack has to be in the episode and mm-hmm. I'd like it to be, um, I have this idea for a story where it's like this. Um, and then Moffat writes it. Yeah. But... But he is still a very Moffaty character. I mean, just, I mean, I think you can very clearly group him, group him in with Amy, River, and him. Like they're very yeah, they're very similar, similar kind of type. Definitely. But um, you mentioned River, and she's obviously another character who appears in the Russell era, mm-hmm. but is written by Moffat. But she's much more distinctly a Moffat character. And not in the way of, like, her personality. Mm -hmm. Because she's kind of similar to Jack in many ways. Mm -hmm. But she... You know, he had had these big plans for her character. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah, that's so true. He obviously didn't have for Jack. Because then he would have brought him back. Or written more episodes about him. I think it's also also a different thing. Because, like, with River... That was during the production of season four. When he knew he was going to be the next showrunner. Yeah. So then he was like, I want to... And they're friends, so he's like, I want to plant this character. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Whereas in season one, he's just actually writing his first Doctor Who episode and he loves yeah. Doctor Who and that's exciting and fun. Yeah. Um, There's probably, like, facts about this that we could look up. Yeah, we're just speculating. <laughs> just speculating. <laughs> how do you feel about Jack as a character, though? I I really like him, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I think he's charming... I completely forgot that he like betrays them in this episode. Yeah. And I remember that I I had forgotten that last time we watched. <laughs> you like, keep forgetting it. <laughs> I know. No, this time I was kind of ready for it, but um I was still like, oh yeah, that's like kind of weird that that happens. I feel like it's never like um but really a, it, it's not a very vital part of his character that he's a con man. Because when people talk about Jack and when yeah. they remember him, they always just talk about him being a time agent. But even then, like, he stops doing that. Like, what what does he even do? After, <laughs> Very cause, good question. Because, like, after... <laughs> uh, I mean, he, he, he disappears. Yeah. He's not in season two. He comes back um, in season three and he does a couple of episodes of Martha and, and Ten. Yeah. And then he's in season four at the very end when they all join in together, right? Yeah. What? And he meets Donna and blah blah blah, but but that's and then obviously he's recently in series twelve he was in an oh. episode or something yeah but um 
But and then he was in Torchwood, so they kind of did Torchwood and yeah. that's what I think of him as. Oh yeah, that's no kind of what he does. He I kind guess. of he just kind yeah. of like but yeah, like definitely like the time agent thing, the con man that was just dropped completely. Yeah, and I think like the con man thing, I get it because like when he's with the doctor, he he wants to be morally better. Yeah, but I think that's definitely it's. It's dropped, so it's kind of unclear. It feels like a, like an early draft of a character. Yeah. And then they did a couple episodes, and they were like, that doesn't fit anymore. Let's... Let's ignore it. Ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> ignore that it ever happened. Yeah. Yeah, which obviously is something that kind of comes back with Moffat's writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But we will get there. Um, yeah, but I like Jack. Um, I think... <laughs> I'm not as annoyed by his american accent as i could have been yeah right because americans in doctor who is usually like kind of annoying he's like the one with, the one character him, i can be okay with. yeah with him it's completely fine i think it kind of adds to it yeah yeah because he's just one of them if, if, if mm, yeah <laughs> just one of them them capital T. It's a slur. I can't even say it. <laughs> American. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Americans. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it's kind of implied that he um, has a thing with one of the other soldiers. Yeah, called algae or algae. I don't know. I wrote it up, but I can't remember how algae? to pronounce it. Algae. It sounds like he'd algae. say like, algae. Al- algae. Yeah, because that's the because that that's the soldier that Rose is gonna flirt with, right? Yeah, and then he's like, no, 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 he, you're not his type. Yeah, um, yeah, and, <laughs> and in this episode, so when, oh when he's when he's looking at Rose with his binoculars and says, says excellent, excellent bottom, bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, Algy kind of goes up to him and. Um, now I can't remember exactly what he says, but the implication is that is that the same guy? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Oh, wow, and never... it's kind of implied that he thought he was talking Jack about was him. making a comment about him. He's like, oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah, and then he goes out and he's like, well, you have an excellent bottom too. Slap on the ass. I think he even does. Hold on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that's uh, the first of three LGBT characters introduced in this episode. Jack, Algie. Yes, and Mr. Lloyd. And the butcher. <laughs> and the butcher, who we never get to see. But that would have been iconic. <laughs> yeah. Another, another secondary character that's introduced is Nancy. Yeah. I hate her accent. I'm so sorry. I know it's. It's just. It's so. I don't. I. I. I, I there's something. I don't know. I'm just so disturbed by that character. I like her. Not, mm-hmm. Nothing. It's just like I think just casting wise, because she looks. I think. I guess that's kind of the point. But she looks so young, and the fact that the child is like her child and not her little brother, it just. Oh. It, I actually thought she didn't look that young. Oh really? Yeah. I thought she was like sixteen or something. No. Because in the end, the doctor says something like, you're older than you look. Oh. And I was like, not really. She looks like she could be our age. Hmm. I don't know. But she, but it would yeah. be... I mean, if we had a child... If I had a child, it was like three, four, yes, five. Yeah. I was 16. Yeah, obviously, was like, yeah. Um, she's supposed to have been like a teen mom. 
Um, the implications of that is also interesting because it makes me want to know more about her as a person. Like, right. How did that happen? Yeah. Why doesn't she have any? Why doesn't she have any parents? Right. Why? Yeah. There's yeah. a deeper, I think, probably more um, dark story there. Yeah, it's quite a dark episode. And, like, uh, in text and subtext, both. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's another one um, where... So, yeah, we have uh, the doctor uh, joins in with this meal that Nancy is having with the kids i like that as a concept that you know uh while the bombs are falling and everyone is um hiding out in their bunkers they go and uh steal people's food <laughs> uh yeah and <laughs> i just love the doctor and kids it's very very nice to see i love the way he you know is with children I like seeing him alone also. I like the idea of... Yeah. I think it's well utilised having Rose pair up with uh, Jack. Yeah. And Nine gets to be on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Nine is on his own, but he's also with Nancy. Mm-hmm. So I like those teams quite a lot. Mm. I think they work pretty well. Um, but yeah, um, but the other like kind of dark... Uh, subtext thing that I was coming to that's kind of just an offhand line uh, but that's definitely <laughs> pretty disturbing when you uh, if you catch it is when um, the doctor asks like why have these children not been evacuated to the countryside and there's one of the kids that says oh I was but there was a man what? yeah I, yeah, I guess these kinds of things maybe are the ones you don't really remember if you saw it a while ago but what? yeah and there was another one of the children who's like yeah f- for me too i and like the implication has to be that they were like molested or something by the families that were supposed to um take them in oh my god so very dark and that's maybe something that could have happened to, to nancy as well yeah, yeah, definitely. Because that's that's what I was kind of getting at. Is uh, I I picture, and then maybe it doesn't have to be that bleak, but I mm-hmm. I picture her as being maybe assaulted during wartime and kind of, I mean, it's the nineteen forties, and and yeah. you're alone with a kid, and you're unmarried, and you're very young, and mm-hmm. it's it's. Mm. yeah it's um, it's very up for interpretation because it could also like because it's during the war it could also just be the case of the father uh was killed yeah but yeah it really doesn't feel like that though it really feels like she's alone yeah yeah i she's never had anyone yeah probably oh that's yeah, you and that's the thing about um our favorite LGBT icon, Mister Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> which is another line that no one you can't pick up unless you pick it up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is just to clarify, so the meal that they're having is at Mister Lloyd's and the family's house, and uh, once Mister Lloyd comes back, the, the doctor makes a um an observation about how much luxurious food and and meat 
he has on the table just for them. That's actually Nancy. Oh, it's Nancy. Yeah. Okay, Nancy. Yeah. It's oh, a... she's the one who outs him. Yeah, she is, and it's a great scene because he's like, um, "What else do you want from me? You've taken all my food. Now, what do you want?" And she's like, um, "I'd like some uh, bolt cutters." <laughs> And she like lists all these things, um, <laughs> okay, and I then won. she blackmails him. Yeah, so she she makes the um, she makes the um, how do you say? What do you call it? Observation. She makes the observation. She kind of outs him as um, getting with the butcher to get extra food, which is also extremely dark. <laughs> kind of. Because well, it, because that's in that's prostitution. I mean, yeah, or like, yeah. Sex I mean, in a, sex in exchange for goods and services. I mean, because I think, and it it doesn't have to be that. I know it doesn't have to be like that, but but it's just it's. I don't picture it being like that's his boyfriend and they're like fucking and he's like okay here's here's some extra meat. I think this is a dark time in history. And people do whatever they need to do to survive. Yeah. And that's just one of the cases. Um, mm. Yeah, I that mean... That doesn't have to mean that he's actually... I, I obviously think he's... I mean, I don't think it's that he's straight and then he's kind of like... Loving himself <laughs> out for food. I think oh, he is gay, but it's still like... It's still not like a loving situation i mean yeah okay i kind of read it differently i guess okay, but, okay, but yeah. again like it's very up for interpretation and that's kind of the deal with this episode is that you can definitely read some dark stuff into it i think it's kind of because she says something like people are talking and saying that mrs lloyd maybe has something going on with the butcher and that's why he gives them extra rations yeah and that is something i read more as like oh he's sweet on her so he gives them more food uh, um and then she's like but it's not mrs lloyd is it it's and oh, okay. that kind of makes it seem like it's more of an established relationship oh, okay, or more maybe. of like yeah oh he actually likes mr lloyd and that's why yeah i think but i don't know both ways it, would be very moffat like moffat would yeah. absolutely do either way he would absolutely do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's such a funny little throwaway thing that neither of us picked up on. And then when we rewatched it last yeah. year, we were just like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's great. I love Mr. Lloyd and Algie. And it was like so... It was so... Because th- that was like the first... Um, unless you count the he's gay and she's an alien line. Yeah. This is the first explicit LGBT character because later in the because it's the first time. I mean, obviously Jack is introduced earlier, but he's not explicitly like LGBT until later in the episode. So this yeah, and not even in the episode. No, it's like and, I mean later Al- in the season. Yeah, and uh, okay, well Algie's later as well, so it's like technically you could say this is the first lgbt character in in modern doctor yes (laughs) i love that for them it's great um oh yeah back to the dinner scene with the doctor and the kids yeah um i love when he like tries to ask them about the thing that fell from the sky Mm -hmm. and he draws a little drawing for them and he's like it would have looked something like 
this. And he holds up the shittiest drawing <laughs> that you've ever seen. You cannot tell at all what it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my god. Oh, I, I just love lo- him. I just love the vibe of this this episode. It just right. has a really nice, like, it's so dark, but it's also cozy. And it's also, yeah. it's very familiar. Yeah, and it's like, you have this, you have, like, Nancy taking care of the kids. And you feel like there's... They're good Doctor Who side characters. Yeah, definitely. And you've even though you don't really get to know any of the children, you still kind of care about them. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and there's this sense of like, um, of taking care of each other. Yeah, and, you know, looking out for, um, for people who, um, who have it rough. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it's very cozy. Uh, oh, and then while this is happening, the child shows up. The uh, not so full child. Yeah, the empty child. <laughs> and starts calling out for his mummy. That's so... It's also so scary. The It's it's scary because everyone is so afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the doctor is like immediately trying to help him. And... Yeah, and I wrote down this quote where he says, um, being the last child left out in the cold. <sighs> uh, and something like, well, I've... I certainly know how that feels. There's there are lots of like little nuggets mm. like that in this episode yeah. where he kind of alludes to his past <gasps> that I really like. Oh. Um, he talks about Susan, or he mentions like his granddaughter. Oh, he does. Right? Yeah. Later with um, Doctor Constantine. Yeah. Uh, he says, "Before the war, I was a father and a grandfather." Now I'm neither, but I'm still a doctor. And Nine says something like, yeah, I, I know that feeling. Oh. <sighs> I love... Okay, yeah. It's exactly his situation. First two things. That is the first Merlin actor in Doctor Who, right? Yes. Thank you. Or maybe not. I mean... Because the other actors are... Um, Merlin, obviously. Yeah. But that's season four. Mm-hmm. And then also season four, Lady Christina D'Souza. She's, yeah. She's... um. Yeah. There might be like a Merlin side character who shows up earlier in season one. But this is the first big one. Uther is in season two. Yes. Okay, so this, I think this is the first. Yeah. Um, second. <sighs> He's pretty good, I think, in this role. I like him. He's... So- Oh, the whole hospital. This hospital. Oh my it's god, really, really great. That. It's so creepy, it's and so the way good. everyone just like wakes up and looks at him, and the way he's like coughing and coughing. And the thing is, like, you, uh, that's what he's so good at. At first, you don't really notice the coughing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a human normal thing to do. Yeah. And after a while, you start thinking, "Wow, he's coughing a lot." Mm-hmm. And then it turns out this whole time when he's been coughing, he's been holding in this transformation. Yeah, and it's and it's that's what's so creepy about it that it's something that was there all along and you just didn't see it. You yeah, barely even meant, noticed it. Yeah, and there are so many little things like that. Like, okay, he starts looking at these gas masks, and um, while 
Dr. Constantine is like describing them to him and then he goes on oh. to the next one and you know the wounds are all identical yeah the so, hand yeah there. and uh, as he says a scar on the back of the hand yeah. it cuts to Dr. Constantine with his hand on his cane and the scar oh. and exactly as he says it he like tilts the hand back so you can't see it and there's the big sound effect <laughs> like wow but it actually it works it is kind of funny but it also works damn there's so much of this season that i think is ruined by i'm sorry murray but like the the bad the bad soundtrack it's just like it takes away because that description you just said it's so creepy you don't need a like I'm not dumb. You don't need to do a big <laughs> sound. Like, I can tell. I get it. It would be creepier if we just, like... Yeah. There was no music. Or maybe just a little bit creepy music. Not like... <laughs> yeah, and then... Did you notice his hand? Yes, I did, Murray. Fuck off. Yeah. And then, obviously, it all, like, culminates when he reveals that none of them are actually dead. Oh, 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 this episode is so good. It's so great. And they all and they all sit up and there's also like sound effects. Like <laughs> But yeah, it's really good. Um oh yeah, and like the way he starts saying Mummy, mummy, are you my mummy? Oh. Also very creepy. There's something very creepy about like an old man yes. going mummy. Yeah, oh, it's so disturbing. Yeah, because it kind of, it kind of reminds you of like um maybe this is this will sound insensitive, but like um, dementia, dementia. Yeah, and and that and that is creepy. Like it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, to see someone just completely disappear, right, and be just be so repetitive and 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 um, a grown a grown up or, or, or an old person acting as if they're a child it's it's alarming yeah it's very sad and obviously things that are scary and creepy usually um we read them that way because they feel wrong there's a wrongness to it exactly it's unnatural yeah and so i think it's yeah pretty logical that you would make that connection um anyway to to go back a bit, um, I want to talk about like Rose and Jack meeting. Rose is so horny in this episode. <laughs> and I think that's where you can really tell that Moffat is writing this. Yep. With the way he's writing Rose. Yep. And like, I think it's fine. Like, let her be horny. That's that's okay. She is a horny person. She kind she's of is. a horny is. character. Yeah, kind of. Well, not horny, but she's like... Well, we know she likes to, to, to... She doesn't stick to one person, really. She really doesn't. We'll get into that next episode. But, um, yeah, she immediately uh, is very interested in Jack, who saves her from... We get to see a little bit of our flirting game. Yeah. We've seen a little bit of that with the chips thing, but, like, this is where it really takes off. Yeah. Um... They're like all over each other. Ah. 
Um, and throughout the episode, she's like oh, making all these comments about how much she likes Jack and like how handsome he is, and his teeth are so perfect. And he's his like, teeth. Yeah, he sh- yeah. She says something about <laughs> like flossing. <laughs> Right? The doctor's like, oh, what's so good about him? And she's like, well, uh, flossing. <laughs> what? I don't remember that. That's so funny. Oh, it's something like that. But oh, she, wow. she makes all these comments about him and yeah. how, how great he is. Oh, yeah. And when he's talking about... Oh, I, I don't remember what it is. Maybe it's when he, she... Um, maybe it's when he heals her hands. Mm-hmm. And she's like... Finally, a professional. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole Spock thing in this episode. Yes. Where she's like, this guy is actually doing things. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of running around talking. There's a lot about Spock. And I one of my notes was, Rose does not watch Star Trek. But I feel, so I think that she just knows that's an alien. Name. Right, yeah, like, she would just know an alien about on TV. Spock. Yeah. Yeah. But she, does, she has no idea, like, who that character is because I don't think she watches Star Trek no what do you think she watches I think she watches like Strictly like Strictly Come Dancing yeah I think she watches like reality TV with Jackie yeah Jackie watches reality TV definitely but I feel like Rose would be like she's probably seen a lot of it with her mum but she doesn't like it she wouldn't Mm -hmm. watch it by her own because she usually has that attitude with whatever Jackie does she's like mum you know that kind of I kind of, I can see them watching it together and it being like a bonding moment where they're just um, yelling at the TV But I think together. she'd have an attitude about it where she'd be like, it, she'd be like, oh, oh, do we have to watch this again? And but maybe she'd get into it. Yeah. Um, but she'd still be like, mom, you're the one who likes to watch it. Um, also because she's in an actual reality competition later and I don't think she has a reaction to that, does she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like she, but I feel like she watches like quintessential, basic, like British shows. Yeah. She's not like. She's not very into watching TV, I think. She's not a quality person. She doesn't. No, not really. I think she's, I mean, she's maybe more like a music person, right? Quality person. No, but Sorry. she's a funny way to describe someone. <laughs> but I feel like she doesn't like, she doesn't watch HBO. She's not like. No. Definitely. She was like, not. I really like The Wire. <laughs> yeah. But I also, I think Rose is the kind of person who wants to do things herself. And like that kind of comes up in the final episode where she talks about, you know, um, being with the doctor is such a completely different life. Yeah. And, you know, she's very dissatisfied with her life yeah. before that. And, you know, she feels like all she does all day is like, sit on the sofa and watch TV. Like, she doesn't care about what's on TV. It's yeah. just the fact... It's, it's just the on. fact... Yeah, it's on. Uh, but nothing really matters. It's, like, just something in front of your eyes. And... but she To pass would, the time, Yeah, really. exactly. But she would rather have something real. Yeah. Yeah. She really is, like... That's a classic companion trope. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in modern Who, in... in I'm thinking of like Ian and Barbara. They're not the kind of people who are like, let's go out and explore. They're like, ah, come on. <laughs> no. Um, but it's very like modern. Modern companion usually just kind of gets so sucked into it. And like Rose, especially in this episode, where she really wants to go out and see things. And mm-hmm. she doesn't, you know, the doctor always says, stay put. Yeah. Wait for me. And they never do. 
Yeah. Like she just immediately goes off to find that kid and then she's hanging from the rope and she's having fun and, and she meets Jack. <laughs> she's having fun hanging from the, the rope. rope. She's like, wow, you know. <laughs> yeah, lots of fun. There's a, um, that's a great line when he's looking. I'm looking for a blonde in a Union, Union Jack t-shirt. Yeah. A specific one. I didn't just wake up with a craving. It's really funny. <laughs> and also, yeah, very Moffat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely Moffat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you pointed out that I had a note that said boat captain. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> because what... uh, Jack calls nine boat captain at the end of the episode. And I just wrote that down because I remember you saying... Something about um, Nine's original... Or like a, a costume test for Nine that made him look like Captain, Captain Haddock. Haddock. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that must have come from there. Oh, that would be really fun. To make the it. comments. Because I don't think he looks like a boat captain at, at all. No. He's wearing a leather jacket, which I don't think is very common at sea. No. But- I mean, definitely if he had the blue turtleneck. Oh, he totally should have. It's well, a shame. A but, that shame. We but that we wouldn't get to see his sexy, sexy collarbone. Yes, his sexy v-neck. <laughs> maybe that's next episode, I don't know. I mean, he's always wearing a sexy v-neck. But... Yeah, maybe he is. And he, most importantly, is always yes. wearing a sexy leather jacket. Oof. Uh, yeah, the, and, and, and I was going to say, and a sexy face. <laughs> but, Interesting, but, yeah. yeah. You know, they make a lot of comments about uh, his nose and his ears, which pisses me off. I recently saw, um, when I was on my panel binge, I also saw, um, he was on a TV program called Blue Peter, which okay. is a British show, mm-hmm. um, to promote this season before it came out and um the host showed him a kid who had made like a cake a doctor who cake or kind of like or maybe it was made of clay or something okay little figurines of like daleks and then him and 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 nine and rose and um and he himself says oh he even got the ears right yeah. So either it's something that he picked up on from the show, which I really hope not, considering he had eating an eating disorder. Yeah. And uh, a bit of body dysmorphia. I sincerely hope that that wasn't something he picked up from there and then got triggered by. But maybe he was the one who instigated the the ear joke, like the self conscious joke. Um, maybe, but uh, it probably is the other way around. Yeah, but <laughs> knowing Moffat and how he loves to write about people's like physical attributes. Is this the first time they mentioned the nose and ears? I don't think so. No, because then you couldn't. You can't just say it's Moffat then. then it's no, no, no. I'm not saying it's just Moffat. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, it's very typical of him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a running theme for him. Yeah. He's bullying his actors. Definitely, but it's like it's so uneven because, uh. You can't just say that, oh, but I point out everyone's different, like, noticeable traits. Because with Amy, it's like, oh, she's so sexy and she has long legs. I think... Uh, that, but Christopher Eccleston is really ugly and has a huge nose. I like, think that doesn't I think that that's just work. Moffat being straight because he... Because so. the guys always have bad traits. 
Yeah. Because I think he just likes, and I, I can hear him saying, well, like defending and be like, well, let's be honest, men are kind of ugly. Whereas women are really beautiful. Like that kind yeah. of. And he'd mean that in, not in like a sexist sense. Even yeah. Even though it is kind of angled it's that way. sexist. It's, he just means that, oh, us blokes, we're not attractive at all. Yeah. And it's a wonder that women even want to sleep with us, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because, again, another panel moment. <laughs> um, they pointed out the chin and the hair and the, that kind of thing from season six. And they asked Jenna, Peter and Michelle Gomez and, um, and Moffat what their characters, what their like significant things would be. Mm-hmm. And Jenna immediately said Peter's would eyebrows. And everyone immediately said Janet's would be eyes. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's just like a... Hmm. It's a running thing for sure. It's a running thing, yeah. Yeah, I just... It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. It must... I mean, I don't know if I have like a specific thing that I'm really insecure about. Um, I mean, obviously I have insecurities, but I don't know that there's like one specific thing Mm -hmm. but if i was in a tv show and the writers like made jokes about this thing with my body all the time (laughs) it would kind of make me feel pretty bad but i feel like at the same time they they would never like thinking about like my insecurities they wouldn't like do something like oh her double chin or something like that that would just be i mean maybe I don't know. Would they? Because I feel like that's... It has to be something, like, that you have on your face at all times. Like, just... Yeah. That doesn't change or can't disappear. It's just, like, your eyelashes or, <laughs> you know, like, your your nose tip. Yeah. yeah. Like, your nose. Yeah. Yeah, your nose or your ears or your chin or, yeah. Just, yeah. like, your bone structure. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't really like it, but... No, me neither. I think it's 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 kind of it's 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 reductive. It's too much in the show. It's just like mm, it's not that funny, really, and it just makes me feel. It makes upset me sad for the, for yeah. the actors. Exactly. Like, maybe, I, maybe they're in on it, but it still makes me sad. Yeah, I don't know. And I think Chris is so pretty. He's he looks very nice in this episode. Just wanna say that. Um, <laughs> just wanna say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, they they get surrounded uh, by all these gas mask people at the end of the episode. Yep. And the doctor tells them all to go to their room, which I think is a funny... Uh, very Moffat-y. Very Moffat, but yeah, it's a pretty clever like resolution to a cliffhanger. Um, yeah, and then... Um, um, so there's a, there's a, um, <laughs> what? um, there's a what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Do you want to do it in Swedish and then I can translate for you? No, no, I figured that out. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so they try to get into this room and Jack uses like, uh, sort of like a sonic screwdriver, but it's oh, yeah. more explicitly a weapon yeah. that he points at the door and like eradicates the lock or something. Um, and 
Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but he and Nine talk about it. And Nine reveals that the factory where this was, this uh, weapon was made, uh, that he destroyed it and uh, planted like a banana grove. <laughs> I love that so much. I love him. What's it? Isn't it like a Sonic? Sonic. Um... It's not Sonic at all. Isn't it called? Isn't it? I, I thought it was called like Sonic Beamer or something because it made me like think that that was a like a Sonic. It was kind of like a brand Sonic. And then they had sort of screwdrivers, which is like like pointless, and no one buys them unless they're like, you know, maybe except for and then there's like the Sonic mm-hmm, and the Sonic mm-hmm. yeah, the Sonic handgun, Sonic Beamer, Sonic Sonic. I don't know what it's called, but should I Google it? You can do that if you want. <laughs> no, no, you can't. don't Google it. No, um. But yeah, then the doctor is kind of embarrassed about having a sonic screwdriver. And he like doesn't want to show it to Jack. And Rose does like a kind of like, oh, that's a real... Yeah. 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 Um, and Jack kind of gets on his case and like, well, what do you have? A sonic... Sonic what? A sonic what? And the doctor is like... Sonic blaster, see? Okay, it's really? It's a sonic blaster, yeah. Okay, and then he goes... A sonic what? And the doctor goes, screwdriver! <laughs> well, this show is so funny. Why is it so funny? I know. But, like, this has to be a sexual innuendo, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, with the son, Moffat loves that with the sonic. Yes. To do, like, a, yeah. a dick joke. Moffat is convinced that the sonic is, uh, is very... Phallic. It is kind of phallic. Yeah. And he's like, that's his penis. <laughs> and I'm gonna never ever stop making that connection. <laughs> throughout all so the what seasons. do you I like the idea that there'd be like different types of penises? <laughs> yeah. So what do you have? A penis what? A penis what? <laughs> A screwdriver with sonic penis. <laughs> no! <laughs> My god. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they were manufacturing. <laughs> I yeah. destroyed them in the... <laughs> and then I made a, a dildo factory instead. Well, a banana. Yes, I know. And then it, a banana. It, it keeps going. The innuendos never stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it is kind of funny because it's not really a... Oh, yours is bigger than mine joke that comes back in season five. You know, mm-hmm. and the fifty. It has more to do with like the ability, and <laughs> like Jack shoots a laser beam <laughs> with his sonic beamer blaster. <laughs> blaster beamer could be the name though. Oh, do you yeah. re- do you remember in Deep Breath where it's like canonically made obvious that the Doctor has a penis? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> at least I he has ba- at least he has balls. I do remember that. <laughs> Wait, when Clara accidentally kicks the Sonic into his penis, that's and he grimaces and she's like, "Oh, sorry, did I hit something?" <laughs> no, I hate that. <laughs> that's so. You're like, what? <laughs> Moffat, please stop making dick jokes. I the hate fact them. that he actually has one. Well, 
Yeah, we know. <laughs> but at the same time, you're kind of like, he could also I mean, not have one. In a way, I mean, we kind of get into like, how do Time Lords reproduce? How do they fuck? Yes. <laughs> That's the episode. Yeah, I mean, we'll get there pretty soon. Anyway, so they get into this room mm-hmm. where um, Dr. Constantine has sort of been studying the... Um, not the child specifically, but like all the people who have been infected. Oh yeah. Um, and they all have the same. No, that was earlier. Sorry. The oh, same the injury. same injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's the tape that we mentioned, mm-hmm. um, where he interviews one of them, and he, oh, I just like it. He sounds very sweet. He's like, very. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he's really trying to help this child. Yeah. Yeah, I just really liked that. And there are all these drawings over the wall. Um, yeah, and they're all pictures of, like, a girl or a woman. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, which I'll get back to. Um, yeah, and then um, Jack randomly disappears. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's very strange because it turns out that he just teleported back to his ship. Oh, and but that's when they're in, then they start dancing, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. But you yeah. would think yeah. that he would, like, say that to them, just tell them, okay, I'm popping back to my ship. But it's played as kind of this, like, scary beat in the story where they turn around and they're like, where's, where's Jack? Oh, um, but yeah. then he just teleported away without telling He's them. like, bye. <laughs> I'm out. Um, yeah, and immediately when he disappears, they start flirting like crazy and uh, talking about sex. I, I just... That's I, insane. I love them. It's so, insane. Yeah, how do they get into this? Oh, because there's a song on the radio, right? There's a song and I think Rose... He's trying, she's trying to get out and she's like, oh, come on, let's just dance. Rose maybe talks about dancing with Jack in front of the big band. Yeah. Probably. I don't really remember it, but they get into... I, I watched this yesterday, but I'm like, <laughs> I remember. There's so much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she starts talking about Jack and how good he is at dancing, quote unquote. And... Um, the doctor and like can he dance do you ever dance and he's like of course I dance he's like I'm 900 years old of course I can dance no but uh, yeah of course I've danced yeah specifically he's like of course I've danced before which (laughs) I'm not a virgin (laughs) (laughs) no one one would ever say that so you would just say of course I dance yeah of course I know how to dance you wouldn't be like of course I danced before it's very obvious that it's an innuendo, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I like that. They're kind of there's a lot of sexual tension, and I think it's kind of we're ready for that at this point in the story. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because we've been talking about like um, how this relationship's developing, and like, yeah, do they have feelings for each other? Um, how are they sort of approaching this? And in this episode, you know, it's very much um, addressed that there's 
like an attraction between them. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's about time. Mm-hmm. I think it their their relationship is also very sexual. Yeah, without there and actually ever being sex in it. It's yeah. There's a lot of tension. Um, yeah, and, I mean, which is kind of enforced by like um, people around them. You know, the police officer that's like, is this a sexual relationship? Oh yeah, and and the and the, yeah. and the prostitute comment, and, yes, and the and, and Pete talking about. I mean, he says girlfriend or boyfriend, but it still feels. Yeah, it just feels. Yeah, I. It's it just not. Feels... Yeah, it's not very innocent, really. The way no, he talks about it. No. Yeah. Doesn't he say something? I know this was last episode, but doesn't he say something like, "Oh, if I were him, I'd just like pound you or something"? No, no, he does not say that. At all. That was my mom then. <laughs> say that I know I know Daphne my mom didn't say that pounds on you no my, that, my mom didn't say that um about Doctor Who no, she said no it. shut up we can't talk about this here <laughs> you were the one who brought it up no private thing but private thing whatever but my mom made a, a similar comment a, from the perspective of a man <laughs> and it was extremely inappropriate that was the whatever yeah <laughs> okay so pete doesn't say that my mom said that yes okay, okay. they're the two of them are very easy i to thought get i was rose tyler yeah. <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> yeah okay yeah um so they're about to start dancing oh and but they do start dancing oh. can i just ask yes um who which of the doctors do you think fuck I think all of them. I mean, do you mean the most? N- no, because te- I mean, technically, they like conceptually, yeah, they could, but like, I mean, I don't think it. Lo- mm. Okay, unfortunately, I have to say Tan. No, he fucks. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! He's like the doctor who does actually fuck. Like it's not in the episodes, but I'm ninety nine percent sure he has slept with like five women at least. Yes. That's oh, not yeah. that much, but it, because it's Doctor Who, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't meet a lot of... He meets a lot of people, but, like, he's always with Rose. Yeah. And still, he manages to, to sl- get it in. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were going to say something No, else. but I was going to say, I think, like, nine, obviously, he canonically says he fucks. Or he has fucked. Yeah. Ten... Fucks, you know. This is gonna be like our most explicit episode. I mean, yeah, it's the Doctor Fucks. What can he do? He fucks. Okay, eleven. I was gonna say he does not fuck, but then like season, but like in season seven, he discovers the want and the need to fuck. Yes, this is so gross. But also, there's (laughs) River. But he doesn't want to fuck her. I know. She wants to fuck him and that makes him uncomfortable. And that's why he's so caught off guard with Clara when he does that, you know, the line where he's like squeezed into a skirt that's just a little bit too tight. And then he reacts to himself saying that. He's like, what am I saying? What's happening to me? Relatable moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the thing about Eleven and River, like, yeah, he's definitely very uncomfortable with it. But then every once in a while... Moffat is just like, oh, but that's so sexy. Alex Kingston, age gap, sexy. And then he makes them talk and act as if they are sexually active with each other. 
but then the rest of the story doesn't like um I don't support think, that at I all. I don't I don't think that yeah. Oh my but god. This is the biggest packet biggest fucking fattest we'll get there when we get there oh my god it's such a bomb <laughs> we will talk about it's this such a bombshell oh my goodness but it's uh, i don't think they fucked no i don't think they ever fucked i think yeah, she tried neither. so hard and he didn't understand what was happening at all <laughs> oh and then god. he's like oh i gotta go uh, oh w- what was that oh i think i heard a pling from the from the console room have to go check you know yeah that kind of thing and I think he doesn't have that kind of want or need, and then later on he he starts having that. Yeah, I think twelve. Twelve fucks. He ha- he does not fuck within his like lifetime, but he like he could fuck. Yeah. He he's I mean he's he he like drinks bourbon in his first episode. Yeah. <laughs> he's the kind of guy who would like. Were he at a bar in like season eight in like, a period another period. And someone gave him a cigar. He would smoke that cigar yes. or a pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Eleven would just not be able to do that at all. Yeah, no. Or Eleven he would try, ne- and then he would make a face. <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah. Eleven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas was twelve, kind of. He's kind of suave. Yeah, but he also like. So he technically could, mm-hmm. but he also technically couldn't. You know, and yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> he's a complicated man. That's my ranking. I said that in my in the. Doctor Who um, group chat that I was in on Discord for a while. <laughs> and of course, these people immediately came on and were like, no, he fucks. He and Clara fucked like a million times. I'm like, no, no, they did not. They never did. <laughs> That's the whole point. Oh my goodness. Did I ever... T- Do you remember when I sent you that that um, that fanfic that was like really explicit? That was like a Doctor Who smut. And I was just like late at night, like laughing and torturing myself, reading this like sex scenes between them. It was so awkward. Because <laughs> these people do not fuck at all. And it is so awkward. Yeah, the thing about them is that there is a lot of sexual tension between them. Exactly, tension the, that never gets relieved. Yeah, and that's kind of like the, the whole thing. Yes. And that's something... There's something so wrong about it just being like, oh, and then they had sex. Yeah, because <laughs> like, Clara, like in that fanfic, like, Laura begs him to sleep with her. Like, oh. Because he's like, he really, he wants to, but he really can't. Like that yeah. kind of thing. And she has to like convince him. And it was so bad. <laughs> and I just, I remember like sending it to you without contest. Being like, <laughs> you have to read this. I don't think I ever did. And you never did. <laughs> and I wish I kept the link because I would do um, a live reading right now for all of you. Oh, we could have an, a bonus episode. No. We will not. Enough about fucking. Let's go back to... Yeah, there's a great line where she... Rose is also, like, sitting in a wheelchair in this scene for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and she's just spinning around. She's so... She's fucking around, she's so... you could say. <laughs> she's so funny in this episode. She's, like, not even bothered at all. All she's, th- all she's thinking about is having sex with Jack. And nine. Yeah. She wants so badly to sleep with nine. Oh my goodness. And she's just spinning around in her chair and being like, well, do you ever dance, doctor? (laughs) And he turns around to her and says, Rose, I'm trying to resonate concrete. She's like, well, you should try resonating this. (laughs) 
I'll make you. No, I can't. I can't. But then Jack interrupts them. Horrible. (laughs) Irredeemable. Problematic character. That's the worst thing he's ever done. (laughs) Yes. Um, actually, while we're on the topic of Jack, do you want to talk about John Barrowman? A I bit? do want to talk about John Barrowman. I was thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, goes without saying, John Barrowman piss off. Which is also why I'm glad like he wasn't brought back. Maybe that was the yeah. thing. I uh, let's not give him too much credit, but like maybe that was the reason. Maybe that was the reason why he wasn't invited back. Mm-hmm. Also, think like, I mean he's obviously been invited back. Now, but like, I mean, yeah, from but, but, but Chibnall, does he really have any morals? <laughs> you know what exactly, I mean? Exactly, <laughs> but yeah, so when we say that, we mean specifically from Moffat's Moff- era. Yeah, Moffat never brought him back. Um, and it, it seems like such a, a an obvious character for him to bring back. Maybe yeah. that was the reason why, maybe not, probably not, but it, it's possible. And yeah, because he's a Moffat character, he would really fit it. He would add it nicely. Like him, River, and Amy would have. I don't know. It just would have mm-hmm. been fun. But um, for some reason, he was never brought back, and I think that's good also because he just seeing him back now. It's like he's a character that physically can come back as he's um, yeah immortal. I know. I know he's brought up. And that was like a thing in season nine because like he's brought up once with a shielder oh. where where 12 says something like, oh, you're going to probably going to run into another friend of mine who's also immortal. And everyone's like, oh, my God, first time we mm-hmm. mentioned him yeah. in like four seasons or something. Um, but he was never really brought back. And I think that suits for the character, honestly. And it's kind of a bummer, sadly, that he's back now because he kind of just like uh, <laughs> I don't know okay but talk about what John with Barrowman John Barrowman obviously he's a sexual offender he's a sex offender like everyone else in this cast but um, which is doubly it's not worse for me because of this but he's also a friend <laughs> not of me <laughs> but of my of my godfather they're very close friends apparently I did not know this I found this out like 2016 when um I wanted... This is story time happening here, okay? Mm-hmm. So, have you heard the full story? I think I have, but, I mean, maybe there are parts that I don't know. Because I was in... Me and my fa- my family and I, we were in um, in LA for the summer for, like, two weeks or three weeks. And I was studying um, at an acting school. And uh, my godfather was in, in a radio... Um, He's um, quite successful, obviously, since he's fucking friends with John Barrowman, apparently. <laughs> um, but, uh, and he's lived in like this house in West Hollywood for like years and years and years. So I've been there a million times. And, uh, which is relevant to the story, I promise. But um, uh, because we were there at the same time as Comic-Con, we figured we could probably ask him for tickets. And... Uh, he was very kind to get us tickets for Comic-Con and he said, oh, I can probably get you in. Uh, you could be like an assistant for my friend, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, who, who's John? He's like, oh, John, uh, he's an actor. He, he, uh, he was our neighbor for years and years. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of him, John Barrowman. And I was like, shut the fucking front door. What are you talking <laughs> about? 
<laughs> and I didn't, because back then we didn't, I mean, it was known, but it wasn't like known, known that he was a sex offender who like whipped out his dick on sets and everything. Like at this mm-hmm. point, he was Jack Harkness from Doctor yeah. Who for me. So it's just like, what the hell are you talking about? Like my, my godfather, who I've known since I was a baby and who's like very close with my fam- family. And I've been in that house. I've lived in that house. Apparently I've been next door to John Barrowman for so for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, so there was a window where it was like such a weird week where it was like, it's possible that next week I'm going to not only meet John Barrowman, I'm going to be his fucking assistant for the day at Comic-Con. <laughs> um, but insane. that ended up not happening. I did get, get tickets, so I did go to Comic-Con and I did go and, and I saw his, saw his thing where it's just like, Hannah? he's just like walking around in, like, tu- in a tutu, like yeah. a rainbow tutu and he's telling a story and it was like, and it was a story about how he whipped out his dick in public. Oh my god! In like a fountain, and yeah, Great. with Eve Miles. And you're like, okay. But at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Just kind of was weirded out about it, by it. But so yeah, so um, I have beef with Simon Pegg, and I also have beef with John Barrowman. Why do you have beef with Simon Pegg? Because he's friends with Rebecca. Oh, did we go into that? I did mention that. Okay. I did say I have beef with him. Oh, okay. Because you remember the joke that was like, oh, it kind of tastes like beef. And I said, oh, that's what oh. Simon Pegg says about me. I don't remember that. <laughs> this is like, we're getting some lore. This is <laughs> Daphne lore here. But isn't that weird, guys? That's so weird that I have a connection to to John, John Barrowman. It is pretty weird. And it's so weird. Like, I've been in that house a million times. And to think that John Barrowman was, like, right next door the mm-hmm. entire time. And I was a huge Doctor it's Who like a fan. horror story. <laughs> I know. But, like, I mean, like, as a Doctor... Thinking back, like, through the eyes of myself at, at that age, mm-hmm. that Jack Harkness was next door. It would have been a huge deal. That would have been huge. Like, my friends would have freaked out if I just, like... Yeah. Because I was there, like... Christmas to 2011 or something. Like, imagine if I just, like, met him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that would have been, that was crazy. That was, like, a, year, a couple of months before we met. Like, imagine if I'd been his assistant for the day. Oh, my gosh. And then we became friends. I was like, oh, by the way, I was John Barman's assistant. Yeah. Then you would have been too cool for me, and we would never have been friends. I mean, yeah, it would make me automatically really cool. Yeah. <laughs> And then you would have been friends with John Barrowman instead. No, just sending him texts like, hello, John, I'm gonna, can I get you some coffee? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a long distance assistant yeah. for John Barrowman. <laughs> so yeah, that's my beef with him. I don't, I don't have any personal beef with him, but um, yeah. it does add a little bit extra to it because you don't like him. I don't like him because he's weird for what he's done. I mean, obviously, as a gay man, it's not the same as if he were a straight man whipping out his dick because he's not whipping it out to, like... Well... For, and, no, but he's not whipping it out in, like, a sexual sense. But it's still not... Which I think that's why he's kind of... That's the kind of sense he's made of it. is isn't, like, all these years. But it's still not okay. I mean... And it's still... Like, it's still... I don't want to see anyone's genitals. Like, no matter... No, it's just like, it's not okay. He's not trying to rape you with it, but it's still, I don't want to see it. I mean, and it's still, it's still a sexual offense. Yeah, okay. So the thing about a penis is that it's kind of inherently sexual. I mean, because he wasn't taking it out to like pee. 
No, he's just like right. showing it around. And, like, yeah, I know. I, there was this, I know Noel Clark. This horrible video of Nor- Noel Clark at a panel with Camille Cadori, who plays Jackie, mm-hmm. talking about how um, John would whip out his dick and like, and then he mimics it with the microphone oh. of of John putting his dick on Camille's shoulder. Which is horrible. That is disgusting. Yeah, it has... I don't think it changes anything about the person's sexual orientation. Like, that doesn't No, but I think it's, it's, it's a different situation than if you were trying... But still, it's... it's it, I don't think so. I, no, I but mean, I think... But it's the, like, it's apples and oranges. Like, there's still fruit. I mean, the thing is, the intention behind it can be different. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter because it's still going to make someone uncomfortable no i i agree i agree i i, I agree on that it's just but like yeah i'm not saying it's better someone, because he's someone gay. like flashing you on the street yeah. um even if they don't intend to like touch you or in, in any way yeah that's still humiliating uh, yeah that's still very inappropriate and still um you know sexual yeah no, no, harassment. No. Yeah, I, I, no matter what they get out of it, like that doesn't matter. You can't take into account what is this person getting out of this act. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying it's like it's better or less offensive mm. or not as bad just because he's gay. It's still horrible. And because I think the thing about so, that is that he kind of. I think that's why he's got it off. off as like exactly. Well, I'm a queer man and I own my sexuality. Yeah, exactly. And. Uh, that somehow makes it okay for me to do certain things yeah and um any criticism of that can be yeah you know um kind of just brushed off as homophobia or like bigotry of any kind yeah at at risk of at risk of sounding stupid i i think just um male gay males humor just pulling it all under one putting it all under one roof and pulling it through one cam i don't know how to say it but um tends to be very it can mm, it can be more sexual and so i but you know what? no maybe not but you know what I mean? like i'm just thinking of like especially like watching like rupaul's drag race like drag queens the mm-hmm. way they joke it's very sexual mm-hmm. um and i can see how s- that kind of humor could with someone like john go absolutely too far and for him he thinks it's just the same kind of humor as what everyone else is doing even yeah. though it absolutely isn't yeah i mean there's definitely empowerment in you know um talking about your sexuality yeah and allowing yourself to um be to um express yourself as like a sexual person yeah. if you are lgbt yeah um and I think that can be very liberating yeah. and very important. And yeah, so it's just important to like be very clear in making that distinction of like when is it actually um, stepping over people's boundaries yeah. and when is it um, something that can be good and healthy for a community to be able to talk about um, queer sexuality and... Um, 
you know, not shy away from that and, um, yeah, yeah. you get what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. um, not make that an excuse for anything or for making people uncomfortable. No. To just be very aware that, you know, you can definitely go too far. But I think it, like, it should be obvious that you can't just show your genitalia to like people who have not consented to it it's very very obvious no because why would anyone why would they no why would they want that i just i have a friend (laughs) who's very um but she's not with like that with everyone she's but like she's um i've seen her naked quite a lot of times but it's completely different from it's not like she just pulls down her pants all the time it's just like if she's i don't know i can't like it's I, if, after she's gone for for like a, a shower like i've known her since we were like two years old yeah so that's like the thing is like that's the difference kind of being comfortable in your body being able to make fun of yourself and your body but that has to be a relationship that's very close mm-hmm. and that has to be a relationship where you're both comfortable with it and it can't just be your co-worker <laughs> like no we are we're so insanely close it's like we usually talk about ourselves as sisters like i would be comfortable being naked around her too like um and it's not like she's like whipping out her um her vagina all the time but like <laughs> whipping out her vagina yeah she's like eh, you can't physically do that <laughs> but like if she's she can walk around in like underwear and look yeah. and, and looking for a bra like or something like that, or you know she's like I think I have something on my ass. Can you look like that kind of thing? And then you know you're looking in her asshole. Uh, so. <laughs> okay, so it's like um, the thing is like I I can see. Let's we're not gonna not to talk too much about John Barman. Obviously, I want to say I am a woman. I am not gay. I. And I, I heard myself, I'm like, I sound so stupid being like, gay male humour, like in RuPaul's Drag Race, like, hello, this is how little exposure I have into the community. But, um, but like, that's fine. I think, it, or, or I mean, not you saying that, I can't say if that's fine or whatever. Yeah. I just think it's fine that that kind of humour No, exists. I know. No, I didn't, I didn't yeah. mean that. I just meant, like, obviously I'm not the one who who I don't know the most about this, so I shouldn't be, but, like, from my limited experience, um, especially within the drag community, that is very common. Um, So I can see how... Because that's the thing, once you're in something, you kind of... It's so... If you're the right kind of person at the right time, it's so easy to get dragged into the next thing. And then that thing that you did before, that becomes normal that's not so crazy anymore and then you do the next thing and then that's normal and you know kind of um and that's kind of how you rationalize irrational decisions like just for us just straight up wiping out your penis it's it's wild and why would you do that so it's it's so expulsatory but for him I can see how he rationalized it and how he still rationalizes it because he's still not apologizing for it He's kind of just like, I'm a gay man and I didn't mean anything by it. Because he just, that's how he thinks about it. He's like, I'm not doing anything. 
That's insane. And I think maybe he doesn't think about his... Maybe he doesn't think his penis is inherently sexual, like whipping out a hand or something. Like, it maybe it's... I don't know, but, like, it's it's just... I, I can... I can... I don't agree with it at all. Doesn't need to be said, but also needs to be said. But I can see how... How, how maybe he's trying... He In his head, it makes sense, even though it absolutely does not. Yeah, I feel like we've spent a lot of time trying to explain why why um flashing your co-workers is it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> I think you guys understand. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not a great thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, um back to the episode. The actual episode we're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, but like just to wrap it up, I think again I really like the character. I don't like the actor as a person. It's the same thing with Noel. Sorry, what's his name? Clark. Noah Clark. Or Noel. Noel. Noel Clark. Um, it, it, like, it doesn't change the way I feel about the character, but it does um, affect the way I view the whole show. Yeah. And, like, what was going on and why wasn't anyone doing anything about this? But ultimately... Yeah, I still really like Jack. The thing is, I think it's different with with John and Jack because John is a he's good in the role, whereas I think Noah Clark is a bad actor. Okay, I mean, I think he's fine. I think he's pretty good in in this. He's so, but he's but he could have been someone else. I easily. think there's just something sinister about him. Like, oh, we, this mm-hmm. is okay. We'll t- get into it when we talk about Boomtown next episode, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll say that for later, but I just think it's uh, something about him and his line delivery. It's not, it's not honest. It's, it's, mm, I don't know. Anyway, well, separate the character from the actor, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so what happens next in the episode is that... I love that you're doing like a play-by-play. You're really like explaining yeah. every scene. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's kind of... A... Because otherwise you end up like jumping back and forth between... You mean like we've done every single episode? I know. <laughs> I know, but I tried to do this with Father's Day last time as well. Oh, and then I... I if you noticed. And I just went, Pete! <laughs> no. Peter! Peter! But that was my fault because I kept calling him Peter. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they decide to go to the site where this thing fell from the sky i don't know what to call it's like a it's they, an, they call, they it call it an, an ambulance. ambulance yeah yeah but it's like a sort of rocket ship thing um yeah they go to the site um it's like stop oh uh, and Nancy gets captured by some guards. Uh-huh. Do you remember this? And yeah. Yeah, she gets, like, handcuffed to a table. Oh, and he's about to tra- to transform. Yes. He, he, Transition. She, she knows that he's going to transform. So she's like, don't leave me alone with him. And, they're, and An- it's Angie. He's like... Angie. Algie. Algie, sorry, <laughs> and Angie's the character that Angie's the Clara babysits the, the in season seven. Teenager, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Algie is the one who leaves her alone with the guy trying, 
um, starting to transform. And yeah, when Algy is gonna leave, he like gives an order to this soldier and the soldier answers, yes, mommy. Which I thought was pretty funny. Mommy? 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 <laughs> then I just wrote Algy. <laughs> Lovely. Love that. He's when my, my new favorite character. What? <laughs> the control, it got to us. It got to it, us. It definitely has. Um, and yeah, then we get the like scene where Rose wants to go and flirt with Algie. And um, yeah, and then she and Nine have this brief conversation again about like sexuality. Uh, yeah, uh, because Rose is kind of thrown off by Jack uh, saying that Algie's gay. Uh-huh. She's like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, she oh like God, looks bro. kind of questioningly at nine, and he says something like, "Well, he's a fifteenth century guy." Sorry, not fifteenth century. Do you know what it is? No. Well, it's something. With Remember, five. I didn't. I didn't watch this episode. Oh yeah, maybe okay. it's like fifty, fifty first, or fifty second. Yeah, fifty first, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. And what he says specifically is that he's a bit more flexible about dancing. So, yeah, explicitly it's, stating that dancing is fucking... Yeah, it's like we're not even trying to hide it anymore. <laughs> uh, but then we get this very heartfelt scene between Nancy and Rose. Mm-hmm. Who don't really interact a lot in this episode. And, you know, in a way, I kind of like that. Because Rose often gets and rose and many other companions often get this um they get to be the emotional yeah or they get put into this box of like bonding with the female side character of the episode like in the unquiet dead rings of akaton rings of akaton yeah hide uh even well i was gonna say the end of the world with Rafala, but you know, yeah, they don't really. Um, but yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, uh, and I kind of like that they don't fall into that trope too much in this episode of like, oh, the women have this emotional scene and Rose has to, like, be, um, um, has to have a connection with them, like. That's fine and it's nice, but in this episode I like that, you know, Nine gets to have a stronger relationship with Nancy and Rose gets to be more with Nine. Um, but yeah, she has a scene with her here and they talk about the war and Rose reveals that she's from the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already kind of talked about this. But... Yeah, how she tells her that it's going to be fine. Yeah, because Nancy says, what future? Oh, it's really tragic. And I, th- I think that's such a nice um, moment where she kind of breaks the rules. But yes, but I agree. But it's, I, I think 100% if Nine was there, he would allow it. Because just one person yeah. maybe needs that little bit of mm-hmm. encouragement. Like, hey, I'm from the other side. and You we, made it through. You win this. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... 
and it's not that far ahead it just hold out for a little bit longer yeah and people kind of need that hope um just like um, eleven kind of breaks the rules with van gogh when he lets him yeah. see the future yeah it's just it's incredibly satisfying mm-hmm. maybe because we know that we can never do that it's impossible yeah but like you would very much that's what you like wanna, to yeah. that's what you want to do you want to be able to tell someone yeah that 100 percent, i know that it's going to be fine yeah and, and that's and that's also something that you want to hear even if you're not in a war even if you're not in world war Two, mm. as a private person when if you're going through something rough you would like to hear someone not just say it's like a you know kind of a buddy way of saying things yeah. like you know oh it's gonna be fine but someone who actually knows just sitting down with you and just like i understand but i actually know yeah it is gonna be fine and this is exactly how it's gonna end up yeah i promise you that's kind of the dream <laughs> yeah yeah and i i would absolutely want that if i could time travel to just be able to give someone hope yeah mm. um so i really like that scene and that they allowed that scene to happen mm-hmm. um yeah it's nice i like i really like that she's not with nancy they don't immediately group them together yeah and i like that but i still like that she gets a moment with nancy yeah anyway mm-hmm. mm. i think it's handled very well mm. um well done, Moffat. <laughs> well done, Moffat. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty well done. Because that's something that Moffat would be the one who decides. Like, that Nancy mm-hmm. sticks with nine and Rose gets with Jack. Yeah. That's something that he would decide. That's not something that the showrunner would be like, this is very important. I yeah. decide this. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I am... Um, uh, Stephen Moffat fan first and a human being second so <laughs> apparently or a Stephen Moffat defender yeah we're it's a bit controversial it is I think it's a shame and I but I think also it's a shame because his best work is within Doctor Who and then oh, his yeah. other work is ranges from really good to really 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 bad and Usually it's only like a couple of episodes that are really good and the rest is kind of and then some are really fucking bad. That's without without Doctor Who. Um, so it's a shame that he doesn't do a lot more good stuff because he really, he's a cracking writer. Yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. So I will defend him, but I will also ignore his bad works. <laughs> like, what? What, well, do you mean, what do you mean Dracula? I've never seen that. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about Sherlock season four? I keep forgetting it exists. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of praise for Moffat. Or, I mean, we've mentioned him plenty of times mm. already. We're only on season one. Mm. But I mean, once we get into the Moffat era, we will also have a lot of criticism Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, just yeah. Don't worry. We we have a nuanced perspective of him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he's just, <laughs> I would he's, say he's. It's my favorite era. He's my favorite showrunner. Um, yeah. I I just think I just think I prefer his writing because I've seen, I I saw um, 
It's a Sin, mm-hmm. which is Russell's most recent show. It was good, um, and it's very rustly, but it's not. So it's good, just like this season of or this his Doctor Who era. It's good. It's just like it's not as much my thing as Moffat's mm-hmm. stuff is. Yeah, yeah. Even though he has an overblown ego, he has that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he got introduced this early, and I'm glad he got to to do the two parter. Yeah, I'm, and I'm it's really one of... fucking glad they picked him for the next show, <laughs> even though it's obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, should have been him. But this is one of the few good two parters, mm-hmm. in my opinion, of at least um, Russell's era. Do you think it needed to be two part two parts? Actually, yeah, or maybe not needed, but I think it works very well. Mm. And I was thinking about that while watching it that there's a lot of downtime in this episode Mm -hmm. that I really appreciate. And I think a lot of the scenes that I really like Mm. are the ones that would have been cut. Mm -hmm. Like Rose and the Doctor dancing maybe wouldn't have made it into just one episode. Or I mean, maybe it would because it does move their relationship forward. But it probably would not have been as long as it was. Because that whole scene is just them talking about something that has nothing to do with the episode. Yeah. And then... (laughs) <laughs> the scene with Nancy and Mr. Lloyd probably also yeah. would have been cut. And like, uh, uh, yeah, when all the interactions with the children, like with the typewriter. Yeah. Uh, there's so much in this episode that I think creates, as we were talking about, this kind of cozy vibe. Yeah. Where you really feel like you're getting to spend time with these characters and like having more personal and intimate moments with them yeah that probably wouldn't have made it into an episode that had to be more fast paced no that's true so i like that it's two episode but re- uh, regarding um rose's rose and nine dancing we have to talk about her outfit <laughs> oh yeah it's an iconic outfit and i like it all the way through until we get to her fucking shoes, because she wears boot-cut jeans oh, yeah. with sky blue, brand-spanking-new Doc Martens. And it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And we really? only get to really see it when she's done. It's just the sh- It's the end of the episode. Oh, my God. It's just, like, something about boots. If you wear boots with the wrong kind of jeans, it just makes me <laughs> so... It's just... Dis- Disgusting. It turns my stomach. But like, ooh. Okay. The idea of like Doc Martens with a boot cut, like where the shoe is hidden under the jean. What? They're huge. Like what? What? Why? No, that's fine. No, it's not. And then, and then the no, and the color, and then the fact that they're just like completely scratch-free, new, bulky. Oh my god, it's just so bad. Very upsetting. It makes me really... It just... No, I can't. I can't. But I am sensitive about that. Okay. So... But the t-shirt, I actually made a note of that as well. Because just before they're going to go out... uh, Step out of the TARDIS... Mm -hmm. um, Nine is like, are you sure about that (laughs) t-shirt? And Rose says, I'm taking it out for a spin. 
which I also thought was a very kind of Moffaty line of dialogue. Yeah. Where, like, why is Nine making comments about Rose's clothes? He would never do that in a Russell episode, I think. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Russell let it slide, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think he would be like, no, no. <laughs> you have to cut this line. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's I like also like that kind of attitude. And I'm not going to, it sounds like I'm going to overblow it to, to like, to make it into a lifestyle philosophy. <laughs> but just like, especially like nowadays, when everything is, you want to like put yourself in a little box and identify yourself as, as so many things. And you just want to be like, I'm the kind of girl who does this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And every single thing you do is part of your identity. Yeah. So if you watch a, diff- a sh- TV show, like, um, and I and notice that within myself, I like turn it off and be like, no, I'm not the kind of person who watches this. Yeah. Whereas, seemingly back then, <laughs> back then, mm-hmm. way in the old days... Of 2005. I mean, you didn't really have a brand the way you do now with, with social media and stuff. So what you wear is just like, even though it's part of your identity, you can just like, you can wear something and try it out. Maybe it's not for you, but you kind of have to take it out for a spin. You know? mm-hmm. Whereas now it kind of feels like, no, I could never wear that. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But then you never try it. Yeah, wise words. I know, right? <laughs> Overanalyzing, like, one line. Ooh. Yeah, but no, I like it. It's that she's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's she, sweet. Doesn't she kind of give you a little bit of, like... A little bit of an Amy vibe. In the yeah. sense that Rose, I feel like... Oh, she likes yeah. flirting with men. She wants to be attracted to men. But it's not in the same way where it's like, Amy will, like, wear a bikini top and a mini skirt... And high heels when she's going to the supermarket just to be attractive. <laughs> Rose is kind of like she wants to be comfortable, but she also wants to be attractive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Rose just has this inherent charm about her mm-hmm. that... Um, she's very girl next door. Yeah. And she's very approachable. You know, she's very nice and... Um, smiles at you and laughs at your jokes. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think um, she's not really the kind of person to like win people over by um, like showing a lot of skin or something. No, that's not her way of being attractive. No, she's more of a romantic soul, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah, but she's still, yeah. Do, do you think about how like um, different companions are usually like when people make like edits and stuff they mm-hmm. usually make them a certain colour like if you go on Pinterest yeah. Rose is always pink yeah why is she pink she's I don't know She. Ha- I mean she has some pink clothes yeah, yeah. but like she's not a pink person maybe she wears pink most out of the new who companions oh definitely yeah, yeah so I think it makes sense what, what, what colour would you associate with her with I think like a denim kind of color for me kind of denim blue yeah. maybe a little bit baby blue maybe yeah. like a little bit of a cream <laughs> I don't know <laughs> okay I'll do my run through okay Don, Donna is like I think her kind of purple or a kind of like navy blue like deep blue I was gonna say green like a turquoisey bluish green 
Mm-hmm. Um, Clara's burgundy slash like really dark, almost black blue. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, orangey. Orange. She's what I mean. A lot of the companions were red, but I feel like Martha's red. She's like yeah. Martha's like kind of aubergine mm-hmm. color, reddish. This is so boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. oh my goodness! Sorry. Do we have anything else to say about this episode? Um, By the way, um, tweet us if you want me to finish my list of all the colors. Yeah, we left you on a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh my god, what do I think? What color is Bill? Who knows? <laughs> um, no, well, do you want to say anything about the end? Oh, oh I do, actually. About the very, very end. <laughs> okay. Well, just because we were talking about the kind of scenes that would be cut out if this was just one episode. Yeah. The scene at the end where, like, Jack thinks that he's going to get blown up. Oh, yeah, that would be... That's... Yeah. Which, in a way, I think... If I didn't know that Jack was going to come back and be, like, a big side character... Yeah. I think that would be kind of a nice end to his character. That he gets blown up? <laughs> yes. No, but I don't know if you remember exactly how it's framed in the episode, but I think it's yeah, kind of nice. Yeah, he's kind of trying to be the hero with the, with the ambulance thing, and he's trying to you know ride out. And... Yeah, he realizes that he's gonna die, and he like sort of sits back into in his chair, and it like slowly oh, yeah. zooms out. I just think it's like cinematically, it's pretty well done, mm-hmm. and I think it could have been okay if he had died then and there. I think it. Like, if he had been a one-off character who mm-hmm. only appeared in these two episodes, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a perfectly okay way to, like, end his story. But then he gets saved by Rosa Nine, who <laughs> show up with the TARDIS. Yeah. And there's another pretty long scene. It's not very long, but it's longer than it needs to be when Rosa Nine are dancing in the TARDIS. That's where you see her shoes. Yes. It is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's talk about, like, the actual... The shoes. The shoes. <laughs> the actual end of the episode, or, like, the resolution. Yeah, I remember this post. Um, this Tumblr post that was making rounds back in the day that was, like... Um, oh, and this is... It actually is the only episode where everybody lives, where no one dies. That is not true. Don't you think... Isn't it true? I think so. It can't there's always be true. No, there's. Let's go through these episodes. Let's go through every Doctor Who episode. No, but the episodes that we've seen so far in Rose, people die yeah. because of the autons. The <gasps> Clive, Clive, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I forgot his name. Clive, Clive. dies. Okay. In the second episode, the tree Nicki Minaj dies. Nicki Minaj and Raffalo. Raffala. No, Raffalo. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rafala. Team in Rafala. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, Cassandra also. Oh, yeah. Little blue guy dies. Oh, no. Okay. Um, um, Dickens episode. Gwyneth dies. Oh, yeah, she does. Um, boom. No. Um, um, World Aliens War III, of London. Aliens of London. Yeah, all the Slovene. All the Slovene and all the people who the Slovene wore the clothes of. Yeah. Um, 
Father's Day. Yeah, Pete, Pete dies. dies. Um, so that so far, I've, someone has died every single episode. Long yeah. game. We forgot about the long game. <laughs> I know, but no, in that episode. Oh my god, yeah, Dalek, obviously. Yeah, I was like, those can't be the only episodes we've watched. The Dalek dies, and lots oh, of people yeah. die in that episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, long game, schlong game. Um, Simon Pegg, does he die? I think he dies. Kathika dies. <gasps> does she? Suki, Suki dies. Yeah, Kathika sur- like, surrenders herself with the thing in the forehead. Oh. I saw her in a movie, by the way. <gasps> really? I saw her in a... What movie was that? It was a really bad movie where she was like the mum. Oh my god! Oh, oh my goodness! It was this movie about with like Cole Sprouse and and uh, Lo- I don't remember her name, but she's... Have you seen um, All the Boys I Loved Before? Oh. Well... It's the main character in, in that one. Okay, well, so they're I know both her. like net, Netflix, you know, rom com leads, mm-hmm. and so he wants to get to to uh, Mars, and she's really rich and can get to Mars, but she's afraid of flying, but she immediately conquers that fear, so she can be with her boyfriend, and he's like a stowaway on this spaceship to Mars where they fall in love, and. What? Why am I telling you this? Yeah, I was just gonna ask. What? How did we get into this? What? <laughs> why am I talking about this? <laughs> there was something, and then it made me say, "Oh my god, yeah, that's it." Like in, like, oh, Kathika. Oh yeah, Kathika. <laughs> So Kathika's her boyfriend's mum in that movie. Okay. And I was just like, oh my god, that's fucking Kathika. It's Kathika from the Schlong game. From the Schlong game. The same thing happened. I watched this like, really horrible Emily, Emily Dickinson movie with Cynthia Nixon. It's, I can't stand Cynthia Nixon right now because of what she did to Miranda. And... I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my about. goodness. In freaking the Sex in the City reboot. Oh my Jesus oh. Christ, it's so bad. Um, I can't stand her, so I hated that movie. <laughs> and and there's like an aunt in the beginning of the movie, and it's the annoying bad actress Slivine. <gasps> I was just like, that's her from Doctor Oh my Who. God, from next episode? Yeah, I'm like, that's <gasps> her, that's the woman from Doctor Who. Oh. <laughs> yes. I love that being their like, claim to fame, is that they're in one episode of Doctor Who. Yeah. Or in her case, well, she's three. in three episodes. Wow, so, yeah. slaying. Getting that impressive. coin. Anyway, so the ending, yeah, I, just, I, I think it is, like, at least in series one, it's the only episode where no one dies. Okay, yeah, maybe the, that's true. Because next time someone's going to die, the next episode after that, mm-hmm. Linda dies. Okay, it so. is true. So, yeah. Uh, but it's a lovely ending. It's very hopeful. It's Doctor Who. It's yeah. a Doctor Who episode, really. It really it is. I like the old lady that comes up to Dr. Constantine <laughs> and was like... My leg! I had... I only had one leg, and now I have two. And he's like, well, maybe you miscounted. <laughs> There's a war going on, after all. <laughs> oh, it's lovely. And especially, yeah, with regarding the war and needing hope. It's yeah. a lovely message that at the end of the day, even if tomorrow someone might get struck down, 
yeah. tonight everyone survived and everyone is better than they were before yeah and, and i mean we have no idea if nancy and jamie survived the war mm-hmm. i mean maybe they died a year later mm. who knows mm. but yeah they got to have this and they got to be reunited there was hope yeah, yeah, and they yeah. knew that it was that's what everything he, was going to be okay. Yeah, because that was the thing that was missing and the thing that was needed, and that's what the doctor can give them. Yeah, um, yeah, hope. In, it's in a, a pretty great episode. It's a or good episode. Two episodes, um, and what we've been talking about, like, it is very important. I think that the episodes have a purpose. Mm-hmm that we know why are we here why are we watching this yeah what are we getting out of it yeah it's very well done yeah well done moth well done we we're looking forward to more of moffat yep does he write something for season two yeah girl in the fireplace oh yeah blink season four i don't think he writes anything right um no he writes rivers episodes oh Oh, so you've heard something every year. Yeah. And they're all bangers. They really are. I mean, uh, girl in the fireplace. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> well. It's a good episode. The characters is the problem. Yeah. And that's not his fault. Yeah. Moffat's very horny writing paired with Tennant's already very horny <laughs> doctor becomes, well, it's a lot. It's a bombshell. It's a lot. Definitely. But... That's all we have for this, um, for this time. I was yeah. going to say for this week's episode, like we upload weekly, which we don't. <laughs> don't let them know that. Come on. They know that. Well, if you've been keeping track, <laughs> you would know that. But So next week's episode is going to be Boomtown, which is the penultimate story before the final story. Oh, yeah. So, and... I just realised that that's the only good penultimate episode. Ever. Yeah. Is it really? Okay. Because that's what I, I talked about that last time, the wasting time episodes that usually mm-hmm. always is like the final episode before the final episode or the okay. final story. Let's do a ranking of that next time. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll talk about that next time. So um, thank you so much for listening this time around. <laughs> And uh, I know this was a, probably a little bit longer than usual, but that's because it's two-parter and that's just how we roll and shut up and fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> and see you next time. Yeah. You can, again, you can follow us on Twitter at DoingTheWoo and you can email us hate mail at DoingTheWoo at gmail.com. So we hope to hear from you and we'll, uh, you'll hear from us next time. So... Bye. Bye.